and welcome to another episode of The Final Draft, the show where we pair our favorite content from the week with our favorite beers of the week. My name is Dylan Schultz. And I'm Matt Boswell. And let's hear it for the moms. Mom. 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 Is that like that one wrestler that you yes, introduced me Daniel to? Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan loves <laughs> yes, moms. Yes. So we just had our, our Mother's Day. I was going to say our first Mother's Day <laughs> together. <laughs> you and I. We are now moms. Uh, celebrated Mother's Day yesterday. And let me tell you what. Give it up for moms everywhere. I spent, how do you do it? <laughs> I spent Mother's Day. Well, last week we talked about how I was born in the center pit of Churchill Downs on Derby Day. <laughs> and ever since that, I feel like I've owed a significant debt to my mother. Yeah. Um, and we're in a place right now in a fledgling podcast where we have to truly embrace all of our regular listeners. Yeah. And the fact that our mothers are big, big time supporters <laughs> listening my, right now. My mom... And your mom both have listened to every episode, right? I think they might be the only two. I love it. (laughs) Shout out to mom. Yeah, I spent Mother's Day, uh, as I do most years these days, on the phone. My mom uh, spent Mother's Day the way I will always want to spend it Father's Day, is the way my mom spent this Mother's Day, Mm -hmm. where uh, my dad went and saw his mom, my grandma. My mom's like, nah, I'm just going to chill this Mm -hmm. year. I'm I'm, I'm good. (laughs) And I respect that a lot. Um, I... I, growing up, you really have to begin to embrace all the breaks that you can get. I have to work on every holiday. <laughs> I mean, every week you get like two little holidays. Your day's <laughs> off. That's true, yeah. So last night, uh, we're recording this on Monday. We normally record on Sundays. However, the band Basement from Suffolk, England was in town. Um, band that has been around since 2011, but... You know, due to hiatus after their second LP, mm-hmm. um, right. haven't really been around, especially the St. Louis area, much, if at all. Yeah, they don't tour the States a ton. No. Anyway. Um, but they came through. They're on tour with Citizen right now, and holy moly. I mean, I've been a fan of this band for a while, but uh, not only did they sound great live, they were very, very, very entertaining to Yeah, watch. they were really, really good. Citizen is a little bit more open and ambient, and Basement just is more like just face. straight up like grunge. The and they're they like, the wrist, they man. do. They just like riff it out. Um, um, yeah, that's the thing that I was saying afterwards about Basement that is so compelling. You know, with a lot of these kind of mid level, up and coming, post punk, post punk, um, yeah. grungy kind mm-hmm. of bands, um, there are a lot that are very talented that are able to put out a lot of music um, that a lot of people really like. Basement stands above a lot of those bands just in their ability to create hooks with their vocal melodies and with their instrumentation. Some of those guitar riffs just freaking get in my stuck in my head. Yeah, I think they've always been one of those bands in the genre who it it was just universally accepted that they are kind of the the mold for the genre. You know, like it's like I remember when Coloring Me and Kindness came out and. Uh, Super Heaven had just released uh, Jar, mm-hmm. I believe was the name of the record, mm-hmm. recently, and, and some of these bands started to really do that sort of grunge revival, and I wasn't wild about it until I heard this basement record, Color Me and Kindness, um, one of those ones where you're halfway through the second track and you're already pre-ordering the, yeah, the LP. Totally. Yeah, it, it's like where with a lot of other groups, it, it sounded like they were changing their style from their already existing pop punk sound and roots to fit the like grunge revival movement. With Basement, it just sounds like they've been making music like this already since they were kids. Yeah, and it, then it, they it, just like hit the right moment where it made sense for them to like. It all has worked thrive. for them. You know, the, yeah. the first LP they had. Um, I Wish I Could Stay Here, I believe it's called, is that sort of uh, jumping up and down, circle pit, 
uh, high aggression pop punk that mm-hmm. you know was big in 2010, 2011, 2012. And once again, it wasn't a genre I was crazy about. They stood out to me. Something about them, I was listening to that record. Clearman Kindness was the grunge, and now their newer record, um, Promise Nothing, mm-hmm. I believe it's called. So Promise Nothing, Promise it's Everything. Called this, Promise the record's everything? called Promise Everything. Promise Everything. The lyric is Promise Nothing. Okay. Yeah. Um, it sounds like a Jimmy World record. Yeah. It sounds like... Yeah. It sounds but, but like harder. Bleed American. Yeah. I mean, there's some hard, yeah, hard that's parts true. in that's Bleed true. American. It's just like, it's like that, but without the soft but yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Without the twinkly um, stuff. It sounds, yeah, like Jimmy World, and that is awesome to me. Yeah. You know, and it's not that Jimmy World is not putting out good music anymore, because, you know, they've put no, out... No, they're just 20 years removed from the game, and this, exactly. and this band is, is currently exactly. peaking. <laughs> um, so it's it's awesome. It's awesome. Um, if you don't listen to Basement, check it out if you are a fan of just rock music. Um, they have a new record in the near future, I'm assuming. They played a, a new song last night that was awesome. Yeah, very awesome. And kind of similar to Basement, floating around in a similar extended circle, um, we checked out the uh, most recent, still kind of like a year old, but most recent single Mother's record. Um, Our pleasure. Yes, Mother's Day, single Mother's. Yeah, so we'll see what we're getting we at here do in a try and be, we do try and be thematic, and we haven't been great with most know, of that. We've been like pretty we're good. Like shooting fifty percent. Sort of, yeah, there we we're go. There we 50%. go. Hey, that'll win you. Uh, a ball game that'll win a ball game for you um and we're kind of like the mothers of this podcast a mother's theme why because we birthed it yeah yeah gross yeah um (laughs) our pleasure by so single mothers is a band that i discovered my freshman year fresh no probably my sophomore year of college uh 2011 i guess that would have been um, their self-titled EP has the Dreamcatcher on the front, um, and I was listening to it a ton. It, yeah. was, it was very different. I think that was their hype record. That was whenever uh, Jeremy Bohm got a hold of them. Mm-hmm. Jer- Jeremy from Touche More and signed uh, to his independent label. And uh, yeah, they they man Twitter just did a lot of work back then. Like oh, remember yeah. when you could just like well, you promote think, like, something on Twitter single and like mothers, it would like actually work from a marketing standpoint. I was just thinking about this yesterday. It was like through Twitter and Tumblr was was yeah, famous too. Yeah, that's true. Was single mothers. Man, I forgot was how good Tumblr Diamond was for Youth bands. when it was just Diamond mm-hmm. and the other band Gypsy. Like those three bands just I don't know if I ever checked that band out. blew up mm. because of of like grassroots people just reposting, reblogging yeah. stuff. The good old days, man. Man, <laughs> what a time <laughs> to be alive. Um, so that single mothers record you talk about Touche More, it kind of had that aggression from it. And then another band we kind of talked about earlier was Self-Defense, and it has that sort of spoken, um, speak-sing, mm-hmm. I guess, vocal Spe- approach yeah. as opposed to actual more straightforward It's kind of like delivering a sermon over top of music. There you go. <laughs> you know? yeah. Which is something that Patrick from, from Self-Defense does so well. And like while this band doesn't really sound... I mean, granted, Self-Defense has like so many members that they don't really have a sound. So but many they, different but they, records. But they and, do, yeah. like all the same. Yeah, and, like, yeah. you know, It's an idea. It, exactly. It's a concept. Yeah, yeah. And so this is kind of like in a similar vein to that, this record in particular. Um, they've always been... I would say, like comparing them to Shea Moore, they don't—they're not a band that like sounds like Touche Moore or sounds like they've ever tried to like copy that formula. But it does—it—it it resonates with the same personality as Touche's like early material, like their EP, like before to the beat of a dead horse mm-hmm. came out, like where it's just really punk and like really political mm-hmm. and just very, very gritty and kind of kind of DIY sounding. And Single Mothers has always had that kind of sound. Um, 
a little bit more laid back than this most recent record, but yeah, this one's just a like a polish. Yeah, it, this one's just more of a like ripper. It's a like rocker. it just it's yeah, it just like it's really gritty and like all everything's just super distorted and really pissed off sounding, and it's kind of cool. Like in the first song, because this is a band that that was ever in my like rotating playlist. In the first song, I was like, all right, like this is bratty, punky punk, mm-hmm. and I get it. I don't know if it's the thing for me. And then, like halfway through the second song, I was like, "Oh yeah, I get it. This yeah, is for I was me like, for sure. Pretty sold right away. <laughs> yeah. It's something I can get behind. It's something that I've. I don't know if I've been necessarily listening to that kind of music lately, no, or it's appealing to me now. But something about it just just drew me in right away. Especially the song "Leash" on there. That's just like a '90s alt rock anthem. Yeah, it just rips, man. I mean, it it just has this like I don't know what I would call it. It's kind of this um. It's got this like kind of sunny day real estate sort of vibe to it. Just this like big open washy pissed off kind of like nineties alt punk sort of stuff. Like where it wasn't really grunge. You yeah, know? there's almost like uh I guess if you wanna like look at it through that lens, it like has a little shellac feel mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. with the, the vocal delivery definitely. Yeah, totally. And something about single mothers, it's this band has always struck me as and I don't believe I've ever seen them live. Um, but they have struck me as a band that is best experienced in like a dingy, crappy basement yeah. with just tons of cheap beer flying around. Like, you know they tour with a megaphone. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, Dude, he definitely whips that out. Like, like, exactly. Like, breaks it out at least every three or oh, four shows. Man. If not, please do. <laughs> um, but but with this new record, they're starting to develop these sort of rock sensibilities that, that fit better on the bigger stage. But at the same time, they they have that rawness and that aggression that that you think of in a basement. But the vast majority of the world, you know, music fans, they don't really understand that experience. Mm-hmm. And it's something that single mothers really captures on a record that not everybody can is that basement show yeah. experience. They're doing a really good job of taking their original DNA of this like like house show, like basement show kind of band. And just polishing their sound, not in a way that they're trying to change their identity, um, but they're trying to be on bigger shows where they're the edgy band. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. So, I mean, it's not unlike what, you know, like Ceremony does or what Ceremony sounds like. Yeah. They're, they're, at the same time, they're not trying to soften their sound to fit on like more festival gigs, but they could, they're trying to enter that sphere, and, yeah. I, and I respect the way that they're doing it. Yeah. Like, they're doing it in a way that still seems really authentic. I certainly think, you know, like, Ronert Park more than L-Shaped Man. Yeah, totally. Um, but it's it's a little more driving rock. Um, yeah, they could fit on the bill with, like, bands like Pup. Yeah, Or um, where they're not, Single Mothers is not necessarily writing hooked catchy choruses mm-hmm. they're like gonna be the edge of your band on those bills but they're it's getting those circle pits going but right? it's still gonna be like people are gonna want to move to this music in a live yeah. setting so yeah uh, uh, so cool. a storm is coming in and it is coming in fierce so we Not are like going musically to, or anything but oh, no i mean like a like, like a big storm, storm. Yeah. um so we are going to take a quick break yeah totally you know? no I'm, I'm putting on sweatpants um we're gonna go and now. do some some nature recording <laughs> outside some field some, field some recording. asmr field recording yeah. <laughs> and uh we'll be back in a second and welcome back to the final draft i don't know about you i cannot wait for the royal wedding as oh, more time passes dude, what a great topic for mother's day my mom is so obsessed with the royal family not in like She's not like obsessed with other British culture in any abnormal oh, way. That's but, a royal family. but she gets up at like 
four in the morning to watch. Anytime one of them gets married, she she's on it. I was just like thinking today how freaking sweet it would be to marry into the royal family. Yeah, man, like our soon to be our, That's so, it. <laughs> our soon to be American princess. Yeah, yeah. it's awesome. It's awesome. Um, speaking of mothers, uh, <laughs> we're going back to uh, our our close loves. Our royal family. I love this brewery almost as much as I love my mother, which makes sense. Sorry, Mom. <laughs> no. We're drinking almost as much. From Mother's Brewing Company from Springfield, uh, we have, I think last week we had Mother's with the American Pale Ale. We actually have two beers from Mother's Brewing Company on this Mother's Day episode, the first of which is Trop Top, the Tropical Pale Ale. It pairs with burgers and pizza and pineapple and what do you think that is on the do you think that's a serrano oh man it's a i jalapeno? would love to eat this with a pineapple pizza yeah but what kind of pepper should i do you go think ahead and is? come out of the closet on this i'm for all of our listeners i'm pro pineapple on pizza that's freaking gross no man so check Does it out this make me a bad person check full it of out hate. well you no, came out so of the closet you, <laughs> and i immediately <laughs> um so you are with like i think the majority of people probably yeah what? big fudge likes pineapple on pizza yeah pineapple I don't mess with that that's gross pineapple jalapeno and a little bit of balsamic vinaigrette so uh, you don't do the regular pineapple canadian bit well you don't eat meat i don't eat right. meat yeah so um, but pineapple on pizza is it does not do it for me there's man. A, there's there's a tasteful amount and then there's the weird stuff whenever people put huge chunks of pineapple and on I pizza. Think I can I don't, only I don't eat think. like it's too wet. I can eat a little bit of pine if you like cut up pineapple and just have it in a yeah. bowl. I can only eat a little bit. I like pineapple I'm just not a big pineapple guy. Anyway, <laughs> um, so sorry to, to derail that. Trop top, good stuff. It's an ale and it's super light. There's not a lot of hop to it. There's a lot of brightness in that flavor. Um, that does as much as I hate to you know talk about pineapple anymore <laughs> i think we've hit our pineapple quota yeah mother's brewing you guys are quickly becoming our most frequent uh spot i was gonna use the word sponsor but that's but not, not right sponsor. Uh, mothers if you do want to become a sponsor or any other brewery out there wants for us to uh talk about your brew dogs on the show um send us an email final draft d-r-a-u-g-h-t podcast at gmail.com yeah um, um mothers, also, we would love to to work with you more but you know everybody else we'd love to work we should with see too. if we can go tour their facility because they're in springfield yeah so and we anyone could, from like, mothers if you just want to come on the show yeah that's cool too so we watched a very bad tv show this week so you don't have to and i guess this is the time to say spoiler <laughs> alert if you uh are a casual viewer of the tv show the cbs hit comedy mom and have not watched the season five finale yet. It's a two-part finale. Um, CBS really, really did it up for this one. <laughs> Here's your spoiler alert. Three, two, one. Not good. Turn. <laughs> <laughs> it's been spoiled. So here's the thing. Please don't take us as folks who have watched this entire series. In fact, <laughs> take us as folks who have watched none of this series. Take us as folks who have watched the season five two-part finale. Uh, episode 21, phone confetti and a wee dingle. Episode 22, diamond earrings and a pumpkin head. <laughs> That's and all we know. So I learned a couple of things today. Um, one is that in, in the Hulu app, there is a little kind of like hidden drop-down thing that lets you change the season of the show that you're browsing. I didn't know this at first. It's amazing this is the first time so you found this out. I watched the first seven episodes of the first season of this show. On accident. On accident. And then... <laughs> Which I, is insane to me that you sat through seven episodes without so turning it off. Without just saying, no, I'm done. Matt, 
let's let's just not, <laughs> let's not do this maybe show watch for the, the first episode <laughs> um so i have technically seen the first seven episodes of season one and then the season finale of season five and that's um, it this tv show i don't think i have missed a thing this you haven't this tv show is from the demented mind of chuck lore uh who's brought such gems as the big bang theory young sheldon two and a half uh, men dharma and greg i think dharma, dharma greg was greg probably all right yeah I think. um ooh, disjointed now on uh, uh man on ne- that's something that i've noticed with with mom and with disjointed i think chuck lore likes drugs <laughs> he likes does like, he he likes middle-aged women who do drugs maybe he does that's his like thing I weird think. yeah Gross. so to talk about this show for a really brief period of time because man i don't want to spend too much energy on this oh, i want to spend so much um, time on this i was like really Put hyped 1.5 times whenever we found this as our mom thing for the week i was kind of excited because the cast looks awesome I such high hopes i yeah. love allison janey i love anna ferris yeah and um and there were some other like all-stars like well i mean not all-stars but like you know the good role players yeah yeah exactly exactly like not always on bench um from my name is earl uh whose name escapes me uh jamie presley jamie presley is one you're thinking of um and matt l jones is in some stuff and french stewart of course how could we forget (laughs) french stewart oh and justin long did you say justin long no but chuck lore sucks the life out of everything good in this world (laughs) yeah i don't understand i mean i get it i get it there's a lot of advertising revenue to be had but like, man, this dude does not have a good track record. It's one of these like, shows. Those are all the worst shows. And there's shows where if you watch the YouTube video of Enter TV Show Here minus the laugh track, it's just it's brutal. It's mm-hmm. it's painful. The setups they do and the breaks they take for jokes that don't really land. Um, and you wouldn't. They're not jokes without a laugh track. It's yeah. just like a stupid thing to say. Yeah, there were in the in the nine episodes that I've seen today, which is. Still unbelievable. There were me. there were a handful of moments that I did legitimately laugh, and they were usually at Allison Janney because she is an American treasure. And uh, you know, okay, I'm, we can't just throw that around. Uh, John Cena is an American treasure, and there was oh later this episode I'm going to say John John Livingston or Ron Livingston is a American true, treasure, yeah. but. Uh, Allison Janney's up there, she's man. Good. She's, she's good. way up there. She's better at, than this. Especially in I, Tanya. She's yeah, better than and this. That's actually kind of what I was going to say. So, yes, she is much better and a much, much higher caliber actor than this. But, and uh, Ferris is, like, really funny, and, too. And I've always loved her. She's so just, like, I don't know, just bubbly she's and, like, she makes you feel a good. sunbeam. Yeah, I just, like, I would like to know her. I guess Chris Pratt wouldn't like to know her anymore. Womp, oh, womp, womp, womp. It's really sad. It's like one of those. I, I learned that today, too. You just learned that? Yeah, dude. Oh, man, I don't, I don't, I don't that celebrity. That's one of those things where it's like, how can love be real? I know, man. I you know. know. <laughs> um, so also, not my only mom is, is a huge Anna Ferris fan. She loves... Uh, uh, such, scary Movie 3? Such uh, award-nominated movies scary as, movie two? as House Bunny. And oh, House <laughs> Bunny. That's a good one, I guess. But uh, yeah, no, everybody just... She's just great. She makes you feel warm um, and fuzzy. And on... The on-demand app I was watching, I don't know if it was on CBS, but on the on-demand app, there's commercial breaks. Yeah, and same. not only is Chuck Lore not doing well, CBS. Yeah, What's, what's wrong? Buddy? Actually, on that note, Hulu, I pay you money, so don't make me watch ads anymore. I thought we agreed to this. <laughs> um, anyway. So I saw commercials for Big Bang Theory, which we all know how I feel about. Uh, a show called Code Black. One called Kevin Can Wait, which, of course, is Kevin James. Uh, Superior Donuts. Oh, man. Uh, these shows all seem 
Very not good. How did this dude mogul this? Like, as somebody who wants to mogul real bad, like, how do you fall into... Like, well, look at Seth MacFarlane. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, dude, like, at least I enjoyed that, like, while I was 12 to 15. So maybe when you're 48, you're going to enjoy Chuck Lore, which yeah. is, like, a really sad thing to look forward to, but uh. you're going to relate. So anyway, yeah, Allison Janney, I really respect that she did not sacrifice her acting skills uh, for this show. She didn't throw anything away. She seems committed to the role. and But she's I, still doing the good stuff on yeah, the side. Yeah, it, but it's, it's like shocking how in 2017, 2018, like people can still, as actors, check out of themselves who are familiar with the world and how everyone hates this and give a standard sitcom performance I'll tell you what, man. year after year. Money is a magical Dude, thing. yeah. And when clearly, you're getting that syndication money. Oh, my God. Like, I mean... And, you know, it, it is that, that top tier, like, this is the standard of what sitcom television is these days with that dude. What's his name? Chuck? Chuck Lore. Chuck Lore. But, like, man, as they're, they've been in the industry for a long time. Yeah, I they've been around just, real stuff. Like, how can they check out of themselves and I want to know if this? he just figured out the formula and he's cashing in and he just loves money, or if he actually does believe in what he's creating and he thinks he's doing a good thing. I don't think... No. What is crazy to I me is know. that this has an 84% on Rotten Tomatoes, and I understand that that can get misconstrued sometimes, and that doesn't yeah. mean 84 out of 100 is like yeah. a rating, but it's insane that 84% of critics say, this is... Decent, yeah. At least, I mean, I guess, like, as a product, as somebody who's assessing a product, if I were on the on the board for like having to greenlight this show on the network, I would look at this and be like, "Yeah, no, fine, okay, <laughs> we did it again. Yeah, here we go." And you know, so I, I get it. Um, but yeah, I think really more so than like, I'm in a place in my life where I call stuff like this and the Bing Bong Theorem and all that bad shows. But they're good for the people that they're good for. And it's, it's just like, I just, sitcoms in 2018 are not my thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think How I Met Your Mother I liked a lot. And since that, I haven't really gotten into any, mm-hmm. any sitcoms. But, you know, there's a couple things in this show that have really struck out to me. And, and it's because I've only watched the finale of season five, uh, the two-part finale of season five. I, I don't have any other context. And I'm confused because it's called Mom because Allison Janney is the mother of Anna Ferris, mm-hmm. and Anna Ferris is a mom too. In the uh, description for the show, and it says that she has grandma? two kids. So, Allison Janney is a grandma, yeah. Well, but, uh, Anna Ferris. So, here's the thing. Here's what I got from watching seven episodes of no season Anna one. There's no Anna Ferris is a grandma. She's supposed to be like 30. Here's what I got from, from seven episodes of season one and, and two episodes of season five. This is insane. In the first couple episodes, you find out that Anna Ferris's daughter is teenage pregnant. Oh, so and it's mom, mom, mom. Exactly. Try Here's mom. the thing. Since none of her children make an appearance in the season finale of season five. That's what five, I'm confused about. And you've never met them. Where are these kids? I don't know what happened to this baby. There's, I don't know if they had it or not. There's, uh, Violet <laughs> I'm actually kind of Ro- concerned. According to the description of the show, Anna Ferris has two children, Violet and Roscoe. Yeah. Apparently, Violet was of Team Mom is what yeah, you're telling me. Maybe. Um, neither of these characters make any appearance. <laughs> and for a show that is apparently centered around moms being moms, it seems important for the kids to be there. Yep. So I don't I don't know, especially man. on Mother's Day weekend, especially on Mother's Day. <laughs> but man. you know, um, yeah. And another thing that really stuck out to me, and it it really hurt me to think about, and I just I spent way too much time thinking about it, is that the dog's name is Gus, yeah. and they continue to call the dog Gus, but very clearly on his collar does the tag say Adam. <laughs> <laughs> 
and I don't Whoa. understand what's happening. That's amazing. I you, so your dog is Booker, but you call him Buddy. Buddy yeah. But you don't just call, call him Gus. Steve. Or like, <laughs> yeah, right, and, right. And you, it's not like uh, it's not like the dog's name is Mickey, so you call it Mick. That's a pretty good joke, actually. Maybe that's something that was described in the last five seasons that I just yeah, missed there's out. There's a on. lot that we don't know about this show, man. But Maybe it wasn't so... such a good idea to watch only the season finale of season. Uh, there's five. no way I'm sitting <laughs> through the other four no, seasons. Um, yeah, I don't know. So yeah, within the first minute. There was a line where they were talking about ice cream. Yeah. And Anna Ferris says, DQ. Well, that. But <laughs> the line is, who cares how you say it? It's just Sherbert. And someone replies, actually, it's Sherbet. <laughs> and I go, oh, this is how it's going to be, huh? <laughs> and I knew and what's that really minute, funny is that that wasn't even. That wasn't even Anna Faris, that was no. Jamie Presley. Yeah. And one last thing I want to just... <laughs> Which is what you said. I just want to slow pitch real quick. Uh-huh. Oh, it was Jamie Presley, yeah. <laughs> but something just to slow pitch real quick. Is there a scene where Allison Janney is in jail. She was arrested because yes. she was driving around with a car without license plates. Uh-huh. She gets put in jail, and Anna Faris is like, oh, let me go get this bail money. And the cop's like, yeah, good idea. Get back in that car without license plates that we just arrested you in and oh, drive to the oh, casino man. to Continuity. get money out of the ATM. Also, another thing is, another thing is, that's true, but he knew. In his defense. Another thing is that uh, Allison Janney and the cop bond over having had troubles with their daughters. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And because of this, the cop goes, oh, sometimes there's a glitch of the computer and your entire arrest record just gets erased. And he got on the computer and and deleted her arrest record. That's not how that system works, by the way. That's not a real thing. (sighs) I'm thinking too much about Mom Season 5. And, oh man, I was going to say something else. This show is really weird because it's taking these two sides. And one of the sides is is a very clear snapshot of of addiction, of drinking, of drugs, of gambling. Um, And this idea of, you know, it gets better, we can love someone for its faults. But then the other side of it is like, oh man, I guess my life could be worse. <laughs> yeah, like someone's like, watching the show and they're like, not getting that from it. It's yeah. like, man, I'm glad that and, I'm not a drug addict. And also like and all these like things, like it's never really that bad. Which like I'm 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 torn because like this yeah is they a show, pop back from it. Yeah, this is like a show that's taking like it's it's just a straight up like studio audience situational comedy but the backdrop for it is a person who's a recovering alcoholic and drug addict and m- like grandparent yeah. and gambling yeah. and there was a line in the first season that was like Anna Ferris talking about how Allison Janney's character when she was growing up she remembered her sniffing around in a shag rug for trace amounts of cocaine <laughs> and that was like the household that she grew up in yeah. and it's just this like it's this like wine mommy dynamic but with hard drugs and gambling well, there were these, which like, I don't really know if you should make fun of like like there were these really dark, heavy lines, and then the laugh track kicked in. Yeah, yeah. It, it like really hurt me. Yeah, this is why I do kind of want to seek out this show, Sans Laugh Track, just to like, yeah, see, see what it's all about. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's really going to be a drama if, you, if you get rid of it. Ugh. Yeah, um, and it's it's another thing too where I think that the target audience, and I don't want to make generalizations and really stereotype, but I feel like the target audience here is probably more conservative with their views yeah where it's something where they're possibly opposing drug use and and all these other things mm-hmm. so it's it's like that idea of of you know i guess is I, the show trying to make a statement yeah. or are they trying to really 
villainize. I mean, I guess the whole point about media like this and like especially in comedy is to take this stuff that's not a documentary and take like what is otherwise really dark real life type situation because I do appreciate that this family dynamic is a very like realistic type thing that exists like as far as just the backdrop of, of mm-hmm. these characters lives absolutely and they're trying to normalize it for normies and so like I'm people who've really... never seen stuff like this like what real people like can be relatable I'm having a really bad idea right now and I think I'm about to go into a really dark place um so I'll I'm cut starting it out if my... I don't want it no <laughs> this needs to stay in <laughs> I'm starting my my master's in English, yeah, and I know that right. at the end of that tunnel is my dissertation. Do I write my my master's thesis on Chuck Lore's America? <laughs> we'll be right back. I certainly enjoy it. Please make more goofy memes of yours truly. Uh, <laughs> more Alex Jones memes, please. <laughs> Welcome back to the final draft. Um, now we are drinking. Oh shit! We don't have a can bottle mm. with us, do we? Mm. Those are both drop no. off. Damn! Hold up, bear back. Uh, our second beer for the day. Uh, once again, as I said, from Mother's Brewing Company, Springfield, Missouri. Uh, this is the Three Blind Mice Brown Ale. And for anybody who knows me, knows that brown ales are really sort of my go-to comfort. Um, Civil Life Brown is one of my all-time favorite beers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess lately I've, I've been leaning more towards, uh, getting like urban underdog is my, my go-to yeah. but for a long time. Civil Life Brown has now, been my I go-to. Like, I like this revival within myself of non IPAs. I mean, granted mm-hmm. we do typically have a pale veil or an IPA on, on each episode, but mm-hmm. I, I don't think that it's the predominant style. So yeah, I like the, the, I don't know, just a darker, smoother, more complex, so and, like rich I took my first yeah. sip, and there's a lot of chocolate to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a really sweet smell. Yeah. Um, Brown eels, porters, stouts, they all have that, like, coffee or cocoa yeah. or cow-cow. Cow-cow. Um, type vibe to them. But, um, yeah, brown eels So, really yeah, great. this is the Three Blind Mice Brown Ale. This one is best served with cupcakes, uh, chicken. Uh, you think that's steak in the bottom right there? Ooh. Um, yes, so. that's definitely steak. Or a pork chop. Ooh, pork Pork chop would be better than uh, fish. And it says that it is best served by the light of the moon or the crackle of the fire when sharing yet another of life's it doesn't get better than this moments with those you love most. And I love you most. (laughs) So that works out. Mom. Speaking of moms. (laughs) I love you most, mom. Hey, mom. Uh, The movie we saw this week was one that we were a little hesitant, I think, to see at first. We'd been talking the last couple weeks about going to see it. Um, but we finally went through and watched uh, the new movie from Diablo Cody and Jason Reitman, Tully. Yes. Um, I knew that I was going to see this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't exactly plan to see it in theaters, uh, but I, I liked Juno a lot. Mm-hmm. I loved, Did you see Young Adult? No. Okay, that's no. another. I love Charlize Theron. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you mean Charlize Theron? Charlize Theron. <laughs> um, but... I just, something about this one, I was like, yeah, I'll see that eventually. The problem that I've found now that you and I are seeing so many more movies. Yeah. I mean, we, we watched a lot of movies before. Yeah. But we are, we are, we are seeing a lot, lot of We're consuming now. a lot of shit that we didn't plan to. Um, this trailer has played before. It feels like every single movie we've seen since we started this that podcast. That bag of breast milk falling over on the kitchen counter is, so, it, is it burned into my brain. I'm so sick of all of the bits. Yeah. That, where I just thought like, 
I'm over this movie already. Like the first two times I saw the trailer, I was like, "Oh, that looks fun. I think I'll see that." Yeah. But then, like, that's after what it is. Six times in that trailer, I, I was just sick of it. Yeah. And I'm so glad I got over that no. and watched this movie. Also, did you think that going to this movie, Mark Duplass was going to be her husband? I think maybe I because did. Because I, I also I didn't even know Ron Livingston was in this here's movie. Here's the thing: I also maybe thought that Ron Livingston was Mark Duplass. They look so, okay, so <laughs> they looked like they so could have been brothers. Charlie Theron. And Charlie Theron, Theron, <laughs> Theron, and Mark Duplass play siblings in this movie. They're brother and sister. However, there's a scene where Ron Livingston from Office Space stands next to Mark Duplass, and they look like the exact same person. <laughs> they should be a, brothers. One has a beard, and they still look like the same person. They could have done some kind of weird Freaky Friday moment where in that scene they then traded roles without acknowledging it at and all nobody and, would and nobody would have known <laughs> no um, one would have known <laughs> so yeah we've we've thrown out a couple names here Charlie Theron I'll stop saying Theron <laughs> Charlie Theron uh Ron Livingston of course uh the main character from Office Space uh Mark Duplass of the League um Mackenzie Davis who has been in something she was in uh, Blade Runner 2049 mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. There's a lot of good actors in this. You yeah, know, it's, it's not yeah. necessarily huge names, but it's people who've shown they can be very good actors that can kind of encapsulate a wide range of emotions, which is exactly what this movie needs. You touched on a, on an interesting point that like I never wrote this movie off because it didn't look like a good movie. I was just exhausted from how many times I've seen the trailer for this movie. And that's movie. a weird consequence of no what we've movie, taken on here. No film deserves... To have to be worn out for people like that just because of too many trailer plays. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's not that, I mean, it was a good trailer. Like, it as is. trailers go, the first, the first time I saw it, it, I was like, man, yeah. this is, looks like a great movie. So, Hollywood, stop Chill wearing it. us out with all the we same have trailer. enough <laughs> movies that you can, you can throw in some different yeah, ones. Yeah, you can mix so it up often. a little bit. Um, <laughs> anyway. So, we'll stay pretty spoiler-free as we do with, with most of our content here, but um, just a little setup. Um... Tully is a movie about a husband and wife. It's it's mostly focused on the wife, uh, Charlize Theron, a mother. It's a motherhood-themed movie, um, for sure. She has two children already, uh, I believe a nine-year-old and a five-year-old, maybe an eight-year-old and a five-year-old. And um, at the beginning of the movie, she's pregnant. About 30 minutes in, she has her third child, and is kind of dealing with that. And it's it's been exhausting raising these kids. Um, so her brother offers to ha- hire a night nanny to come in and, and, and take care and obviously, um, starting off, pretty hesitant about the idea of letting someone into your home at night while you sleep, watching over your child. You know, you're so protective of that. Um, but but that's pretty much the setup for this movie. And it is a, a it's a trip, man. Yeah, it's, it's a trip. There's a lot of highs and there's a lot of lows. I don't think that this was exactly planned, but um, all of the content that we're reviewing for this episode is kind of. Um, rooted in motherhood against class warfare. Um, like this movie and mom, it is definitely <laughs> and, two, the, and the name of the band single mothers. This is about sort of lower middle class situations. Yeah. And it's, it, it's just kind of like displaying that society needs to be talking about imperfect, um, family relationships. And you think like, about for a lot of the scenes in Tully, this is a happy family. Oh, and they love each ham- other so a family much. That has a lot of love and it's, it's together. And um, yeah, and it's, it's important to know that you don't need the big house and the fancy cars to have a happy relationship. I really do love that films like this are are taking these kinds of families with all of this nuance and all of these intricacies and um, 
showing families who can relate to this and people who can relate to this that their story has substance absolutely and, there's, there's and, merit there and meaning um and it's something that diablo cody does so well is you know she understands this this lifestyle and she's not afraid to to give voices to you know the people who might feel un- underrepresented you think of the backlash she you know now it seems so silly that there was you know with with teen mom and 16 pregnant and with how well received juno was when that movie came out there was a lot of backlash about this you know and i don't even think it's a glorification but people viewed it as glorifying teen pregnancy yeah with juno and and yeah. with this you know it's the same idea of um sometimes mothers have a hard time after their children are born Poor, postpartum depression is a really serious real thing and there are people who want to argue against that and brush that on the rug diablo cody says no this story needs to be told yes absolutely and um I think it's kind of interesting that, like, the taboo, even these days, like, I feel like we're only just now getting around to not just the one-off, like, indie film touching on these topics, but where it's becoming a very common, mainstream, successful story mm-hmm. to tell about people like this who um, are not your nuclear family, um, just perfect story type thing. Absolutely. And I think it's also really funny, and, you know, this, I, I don't know if this was the intention but what I took from this episode of Mom is um, <laughs> whenever, to whenever she's sitting in the Dairy Queen parking lot with her uh, Alice and Janie with her feet out the window singing what she thinks is the song from, from Titanic. Titanic. But it's the song from uh, American Tale. American Tale, which uh, starred Ginger Rogers, who was in a film called, uh, I think, Teenage, uh, Teenage Rebel, if I'm not mistaken, Ooh. which is a story about a 15-year-old girl who moves in with her mother and her step father after years of living with her her father it's a black and white film the first film uh in black and white that was in cinemascope made in 1956 interesting so it is really interesting that they're taking this non-nuclear family dynamic and tipping their hat to it in mom because that's what this show is entirely about so somebody on that writing staff knows what the hell they're doing interesting i can't wait to see you edit this and put it back into the mom segment <laughs> yeah because it's totally what i'm gonna do <laughs> yes um, you read so, my mind so there's this cool thing in Tolly where there are these really good people who who just want to be kind to other people and want to make sure other people are okay and you think of you know Tolly the nanny is one of those people but then one of the most touching moments in it is when uh the son um, Jonah is at a new school, his first day in a school. He's scared. He has a lot of anxieties. He's in the bathroom, and a loud noise there f- sets him off. He's having a panic attack, and this teacher, who has never never met either oh, of them, I comes up. character. And he has this... He's only in the movie for three minute minutes. Yeah. yeah, two, three he, minutes, yeah. He has this moment where he has Jonah and the mother and himself all take a yoga pose and just kind of let these negative emotions out. And... It's it's showing that he doesn't know these people. He's not going to gain anything from doing this. He's just a kind person who wants to take care of other people. Yeah. And that's something that is so heartwarming and, and welcoming about this movie is that there are good people who just want to make you okay. I also love how much it lifts up and legitimizes realistically the public school system <laughs> and how there are these very willing and capable professionals who are incredibly good maybe even sometimes 
better at taking care of your child with special needs than the private school system. Absolutely. Um, at least the version that a family like this could afford or, or could not afford. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, obviously, as someone whose career is is rooted in, in public schools, it's something that, you know, there it's a building full of people who obviously aren't in it for the money, aren't in it for the benefits. It's, it's just this idea of, of helping people. And, yeah. And, and Tully does a great job of that. My, I guess, if I had to think of a negative, it's that usually in stuff like this, with how redeeming the story ends up being, it makes me take something where I'm like, yeah, I don't necessarily want to be a parent, and I think that it's going to change my mind, and by the end of the movie, I'm going to be like, oh, but it's all so worth it. But still, by the end of this movie, I was like, I don't think yeah. I want to be a parent. It's a lot, man. It's, and, <laughs> At I mean, least kind to of, that many kids. Kind like, of where we started, shout out to the moms, man. Yeah. It's like, it's an ugly world out there, man. It's an <laughs> ugly world. Yeah, it takes a lot from you parenting. Is I'm sure it gives you more than what it takes from you, but Absolutely, like, but, but there's an interim it's where scary. you're like, probably every parent out there has been like, what did I do? Oh boy. <laughs> um, so yeah. and I, I touched on it earlier. I do want to point out. That Thanks, moms, that for rising to the occasion. Ron Livingston is an American treasure. Yeah. <laughs> he was very sweet in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ideal dad. And, oh my God, what a sweet um, boy. And it's this idea that I think we've touched on a little bit in the past, but it, it always bears repeating. Self-care is very important. And it's important to take care of yourself. And it's important to identify when things aren't going well in your life and not be afraid to seek out help from your loved ones or from professionals. Um, take care of yourself. So, I, I mean, I think that's pretty much all we got for the moms mm -hmm. today. Yeah. Um, I can't wait for the dads in a couple couple months. Dads and grads. Yeah. Oh, man. So, oh, hey, And dads who are grads. Dads shout who are. Out, hey, shout out to my, my stepdad. I'm yeah. proud of you. You guys have a good night. Thank you for joining us. Once again, if you want to reach out to us with any recommendations for content to consume or for potential sponsorship or guest appearances, Final Draft Pod on Twitter and Final Draft Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning in. Cheers. Cheers.